Please turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We are nearing the end of the book this evening. I'll read verses 10 through 20 as we have done in the past couple of weeks, but our focus will be on the latter portion of that, verses 18 through 20. But beginning the reading in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. Please give your careful attention to the reading of God's holy word. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate (coughs) of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. As far the reading of God's holy word. (coughs) There's a particular expression, I don't hear it used too often by people in this congregation, but it's a a well-enough-known expression, a prayer warrior, to describe somebody as being a warrior when it comes to praying, somebody who is diligent in their prayers, faithful in their prayers, always day and night crying out to God. In our text this evening, we we find uh, the conjunction of those two ideas, of a warrior and of praying. We've been considering Ephesians chapter 6. We've been looking at how the church is called to put on the armor of God. And as the conclusion to this section is a call to prayer. Having called the church to stand firm, to stand fast, Paul rounds out this exhortation. The, the final commands in the book of Ephesians have to do with a call to prayer. And yet prayer can sometimes be hard, isn't it? Can't it? To meet the description of a prayer warrior, how often do we feel that we are uh, not well-armed in this respect? We find ourselves making excuses or, or giving various reasons for which we find prayer difficult. It's easy to fall asleep in prayer. Life just gets too busy. 
we ask ourselves, or at least we function as though we were asking ourselves, does it even work? Or when will it start working? Sometimes there is the vagueness of prayer. Uh, I don't know how to pray for this person. I don't really know them all that well. How, how or what do I pray for them? And also the vagueness of who to pray for. You get the, the monthly New Horizons magazine, and it has the prayer calendar in it, and it's a bunch of names that you don't know. Sometimes there's a picture, but maybe that's the all that you can associate with the person. <coughs> Nevertheless, we are called to be a praying people. And in this passage, we'll see that bold prayer makes for bold evangelists. As Paul is concluding this section of Ephesians, he is summoning them to pray for one another and for all the saints, but then also he's going to ask for a, a particular prayer for himself as he is an ambassador for Christ, as he is making known the mystery of the gospel that all things are being summed up in Christ, that the Gentiles are being brought near to God through the blood of Christ, and that he has this commission to carry this message to kings and to Gentiles. So as we consider this idea this evening that bold prayer makes for bold evangelists, we'll first consider bold prayer, and then secondly, uh, bold evangelism or a bold evangelist. So first, in our, our text, note that uh, throughout Ephesians, Paul has been sort of prepping the way for this request to the Ephesians that they pray for him. In chapter 2, Paul described how, because of the work of Christ, that we have access in one spirit to the Father. That the Gentiles who were formerly estranged, who were far away from God, who were cut off, uh, even in the Old Testament, literally, uh, there was an obstacle in their way in the temple, a wall which they could not pass. As they were not uh, <coughs> under the law under the Old Testament, or as they were not following the law under the Old Testament, they had restricted access in their approach to God. But now Christ has made the way clear for even the Gentiles to come before God. And so they have access, both Jew and Gentile have access in one spirit to the Father through Jesus Christ. And then again in chapter 3, Paul says that in Christ we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. And so he's describing how, again, uh, the church has this confidence, this boldness with which we can come before God. So consider that you have temple access. Think about what this means in the Old Testament. To enter boldly into the most holy place was not something you did. You didn't do that at all for most people. The high priest only did it once a year. And even then, he did it with a lot of blood. But consider that you have the blood of Christ that gives you free access into God's presence in the Spirit to make your requests known before God. And that the way Scripture describes the way that you can approach God as even being bold, as being open, plain-spoken, that you can come to the Father and make your requests known. 
what does bold prayer look like? Paul lists four alls in our text in verse 18. Four times he uses the word all. Uh, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And so we can consider that bold prayer will look like uh, making use of all of this allness that we find in this verse. <clears throat> that we can pray with all prayer. And this answers the question of what to pray for when we find that there's a, a vagueness in what to pray. Uh, <clears throat> how are we to pray? Well, all prayer. Anything we are able to bring before our God. But specifically within Ephesians, Paul himself has been modeling the sorts of things to pray for when we come to God with all prayer and petition. Paul gives thanks for the faith and the love of the Ephesians. Chapter 1, 15, For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you, and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then he goes on with a petition for the hope of the church, asking that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened, that they would know the hope of their calling. Again, in chapter 3, Paul prays that Christ would dwell in the hearts of the church richly, and so that they, being rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of Christ's love for them. To, to comprehend these, these immeasurable dimensions of Christ's love. And so as we think about making all kinds of prayer, all prayer and every petition, we can recognize that our prayers should expand beyond just the temporal needs that people have. Certainly we do pray for our temporal needs. Jesus himself taught us to pray for our daily bread. We, we pray for healing. <clears throat> but consider also that you can pray for the hope of other saints, that they would have hope, that they would come to an understanding that God would show them how much he has in store for them through Jesus Christ. That you can pray for, for any saint and ask God to reveal to them just how much he has displayed his love in Jesus Christ, that they would come to a deeper and fuller understanding of all that Christ is to them. And to give thanks for the work of God in their lives as it is expressed in their faith and love. And bold prayer is prayer that is made at all seasons. Oftentimes we are uh, in, in human relationships, we are hesitant to always be bugging people. If you start a new job and you don't know the ropes at the job, you may try to figure something out on your own before you go and ask your coworker or your boss for the tenth time in the hour how to do something. You don't want to always be going and knocking on the door or always asking them, I need help. And yet the kind of boldness that we have in prayer through Jesus Christ is precisely that kind of prayer. A prayer which is incessant in its coming before the Father and saying, I need help. And your people need help. And I need you to work on their behalf. 
Full prayer praise at all times, in all seasons. Life does just get busy sometimes, and that's a very easy thing to happen. And even when it's not busy, there is a device in your pocket that will make you busy with something, that will keep you scrolling and entertained for, for as long as you like. And yet we're called to devote time to prayer. And so praying at all, all times and, and seasons may mean establishing a daily routine, set time for praying. Or it may mean being more diligent in spontaneous prayer. It may mean getting together with a group of other people to pray together or increase time alone in the prayer closet. Consider that if you pray at all seasons, this means that you don't have to wait till later on to pray for one another and to pray for all the saints. That when somebody asks you to pray for them or you ask them, how can I pray for you? That you don't have to wait until you get home to pray for that person. But that you can do it right then and right there with them. Or even if they have to run and be on their way, that you can still right then and there pray for that person as you cultivate a, a life of constant prayer all the time. A bold prayer is prayer that is made with all perseverance. It's easy to get tired in prayer, and prayer is difficult work. It requires an alertness, it requires an attention, it requires the engagement of the mind. The, the disciples praying with Jesus fell asleep. They, they understood the, the, the difficulty of staying alert in prayer. And yet we're called to persevere in it. Consider that scripture itself recognizes that prayer takes perseverance. That it's not something that's going to always be easy. That there are going to be times when you just don't want to pray. And yet we're called to persevere through that persevere through those seasons, and to pray away even our prayerlessness as we approach God. It's also challenging to pray when we don't see the results that we would like to see, when we don't see prayers being answered or not being answered right away. And so the temptation comes into our mind, does this even work? The world doesn't think so. The world looks at somebody uh, going off and, and praying, and they look at everything going on besides outside the world, and they see a world of, of cause and effect. And the prayer has no, no place in that. It's all just a, a material series of events. Whether he had prayed or not, it all would have turned out the same. And yet Scripture tells us plainly that that's simply not the case that God hears our prayers and that he answers them. And that in the conflict of the church, as the church is this warrior engaged in conflict with these heavenly powers, that we are called to prayer and that this is an effective means by which, uh, which God uses and blesses so that the church advances and so that these dark cosmic powers are put in retreat. <coughs> in the Old Testament, uh, Moses raised his hands in prayer, and this is commonly understood, uh, that when he raised his hands, uh, 
as Israel is fighting the Amalekites, that he was raising his hands in prayer. And as his hands were raised, as he was in prayer, that the Amalekites were driven back. But as he lowered his hands, prayer ceased. Israel was driven back. And one commentator uh, writing on that passage expresses it this way. When the host or the army goes forth against the enemy, earnest prayers should be made to God, to the God of hosts for his presence with them. It is here the praying legion that proves the thundering legion. And would you have the church to be a thundering legion? Would you have Grace Church to be a thundering legion in its place here in Columbus, Ohio? As we see other, other people all around us, as we see our neighbors, as we see our coworkers who don't know Christ, who don't confess Christ, would you see the church being effective in its place here? And we must be a church that is bold in prayer. Fourth, all of verse 18 is that we are to pray for all the saints. This answers the question of the vagueness of who to pray for. Sometimes you're praying for somebody and you only know them by a name on a piece of paper. You pray for foreign missionaries or home missionaries. You don't know any details about their lives. And it seems perhaps stale. But consider that that doesn't hinder God's ability to answer your prayers. God's ability to dispense his grace and to strengthen and to help is not dependent on how well you know that person. He knows them. He knows their situation. He knows what they're encountering and what they're facing and what they need. And so he is able and willing to listen to your prayers, even though you don't know them by name, even though... Or, or you know them only by name. Even though it seems vague to you at times, nevertheless, God still hears those prayers too. And he answers them. So as the church prays boldly in these ways, <clears throat> all, all kinds of prayer, all seasons, with all perseverance and for all the saints, Paul then narrows in verses 19 and 20 and asks specifically for himself. And he asks for prayer on his behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Where does bold evangelism come from? It comes from God himself. Paul asked the Ephesians to pray that a word would be given to him in the opening of his mouth. And this is so striking as we think about the Apostle Paul, the man who endured so much hardship and so much suffering, the man who was so resilient in the face of all of it, himself asks for prayer and says that, he needs also to be strengthened. He also needs to be given a word from God. That even the Apostle Paul faces um, the temptation or the possibility of not speaking the gospel frankly, openly, and plainly. 
some have, have wondered if, in Paul's language here, he has in mind particularly uh, his appearance before the emperor or before officials high up within the empire. He describes himself as an ambassador in chains. And in, other, in another place, in, in 2 Corinthians, Paul uses that term of being an ambassador, a, a ambassador in a more general kind of way to the Corinthians, that God is, uh, through the apostles, making an embassy to the Corinthians to be reconciled to God. But here, as, as he's very much in chains, literally, and as we read from Acts, the, the situation of Paul being imprisoned and making his appeal to Caesar, it, it's an interesting suggestion that, that Paul may have an audience with some very high officials. In fact, this was, this was part of Paul's commission, that when Jesus appeared to Ananias to go to Paul, that he described Paul in this way, he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So that Paul is, part of his apostolic mission is to the nations, but also to the kings of these nations. Whether that's the case or whether it's just making an embassy in a general way, he asks for help. He asks for a word. He asks that he would be able to speak openly, boldly, and frankly about the mystery of the gospel. That Jesus Christ, that the Father is summing up all things in Jesus Christ, that there's reconciliation for sinners in Jesus Christ, for Jew and for Gentile. And to be plain spoken about this matter. Well, we can't pray for the Apostle Paul anymore. He has fallen asleep uh, a long time ago. And yet consider that there are still those who are ministers of the gospel, those who preach the gospel. If I can take the liberty of, of addressing you in the, in the first person, I'm one of those people, and I get unnerved. I need your prayers. You might look at your pastors and think, well, these are men who are just always going to respond uh, with the right word at the, at the right time. These, these are, are men who have given their lives to, to proclaiming the gospel, to preaching the gospel. They'll be just fine. And the truth is, we very easily get unnerved. We very easily find ourselves in a situation where it's a lot easier to, to not mention that I'm a pastor and to avoid awkward conversation in that way. And yet our calling is to be bold in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as, as ministers, as we pray for you, you also are called to pray for us, that we would have a frankness in the way that we speak. And as we do so, we can be confident that God is building his church, that he will, in fact, hear these bold prayers, and that he will give boldness to those who preach the gospel. That we will see not just our congregation grow, though we certainly we hope to see our, our congregation here grow, but, but even the church over all the earth, we expect to see it growing and to flourishing, not, not without opposition. Of course, there will be opposition. We will continue in this warfare against these principalities in the heavenly places that exercise a dominion over the nations. And yet we will also see Christ 
defending for himself. Last Sunday, we will see a sinner turning from the power of Satan to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And so pray for that. Pray bold prayers for bold evangelists. As one hymn puts it, large petitions with you bring, for his grace and power are such none can ever ask too much. Because of Jesus Christ, you have free access to the Father to make bold, big petitions such that you can never ask too much in your prayer for the sake of the kingdom. Amen. Let's pray together. Our God, we do come before you with bold prayers, and we ask that the whole earth would be given to Christ. We ask that the nations and the kings of the nations would submit to him. And we ask that you would be with those ministers of the gospel who preach, whether it is the, the country minister in a country parish or whether it is those in cities and those in, in capitals of countries who have opportunities to speak with those in authority. We pray that uh, the nations would all be brought in subjection to Christ and faith in him as Savior. We pray these things in his name. Amen.